Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. We've been in a series on discipleship to start the year, and it's been an amazing time of just breaking it down and learning about the differences between discipleship, Christian education, spiritual formation, apologetics, and other disciplines within the faith. Because the heartbeat of this program is calling people to sanctification, to discipleship, to growing in their faith, to engaging in evangelism and missions, and to really own it and to take hold of this faith that has been given to us and be able to share it with others competently and live out the life of a disciple. The Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Friend, my passion for you and my passion for this program is to equip people to be able to go and share their faith, grow in their faith, and be able to experience the discipleship that so few really encounter. We've had many decades now of just milk toast Christianity that's about just showing up to a things or being able to go to church once a month or make a decision at a conference and then never doing anything about it. Friend, there's so much more to your faith than that. I want you to embrace what the Bible has said. I want you to embrace your spiritual disciplines, such as prayer and fasting. And we need right now Christian leaders who are willing to do the small things, the simple things. Many people avoid Christian leadership because they feel that they have to become a major public figure or they have to sell off everything and live in a different place. Friend, you can be a Christian leader. You can be a disciple, a disciple maker. Where you are in your family, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your community, and frankly, that is where the church is in most need. We have been in a season of large programs, big budgets, large-scale production, and I'm not necessarily putting that down. There's people who do it very well, and I feel like they get some good results. Having said that, I believe that those programs and those amenities and large-scale production is something that is supposed to be complementary or supplemental to the day-to-day discipleship process that happens when believers sit down with other believers and open up their Bible, and they grow, and they help people in their spiritual journey. And then, of course, it can also lead to faith conversations with people who are not Christians. But I feel that that's where we are right now as a culture. We are either content to sit off on our own, or there are people who want to go and confront culture, and those are fine. It has been my observation that that sweet spot in the middle has been neglected because it's not as attractive and high profile as other ministries. Friend, I'll tell you what, I make you this challenge. Give me the church with the largest budget, the most programs, the most dynamic preacher, the best music, the large-scale programs that appeal to everybody, and I will tell you something. Give me 
several hundred people that are willing to sit down every week with somebody over a cup of coffee and open up the Bible and grow together in the faith. In so doing, encourage that other person to do the same. I believe that that movement would take off and see more fruit than a lot of the amenity-driven, organizationally structured church that we're doing. It's that simple. Becoming a disciple and making disciples doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be official. It doesn't have to be clever. It just has to be intentional, and it has to be biblical, and it has to be godly. A very common passage relating to this is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, that says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Now, I do believe there are qualifications that Christian leaders should have. I believe they should be godly examples for those they lead. And actually, First and Second Timothy are a great resource for reading up on not only biblical eldership and deacons and other church leadership, but also those of us who want to aspire to more than just becoming spectators and people that are maybe checked out in our spiritual life and our church. I don't want to see people living a passionless faith. I don't want some people just to kind of show up out of obligation. Several episodes back, we talked about the follow me passages. It says, take up your cross and follow me. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to be fishers of men or to fish for people. And that is the part that sometimes gets lost in this process. Obviously, I'm seminary trained, and I encourage anyone who feels a calling to do so also. Of course, having checked out the theological credentials, the points of view of the institution they want to attend, but we tend to defer to professional staff. We tend to defer to people on the platform, and my passion going forward with this program is to be about equipping you, my friend, to live your God-given mission, which could mean a call to ministry and becoming a pastor, could be to be a missionary cross-culturally in an area that you don't currently live. But that all starts where you live, with your family, with your friends, with those in your sphere of influence, with your local church. I've always believed that someone should be attached to a local church and be accountable and supported by that institution. Having said that, there's not enough seating, baptistries, parking to reach the generations that are not in church right now. If we expect them to all file in to existing worship services, we're going to have a problem because we've had a lot of churches close. We've also have other logistics of several generations just not coming up in church. You have to ask, how many services would your church have to run to accommodate if your whole town all of a sudden wanted to come? How much would that cost? Who's going to pay for it? What's that going to look like? And so, dear friend, it is time for a grassroots movement to come from some of the best people I've ever met, people you've never heard of, people who are just godly and faithful and obedient and willing to sit down and disciple someone, even if it is not noticed, if it's not a high-profile role, that anonymously you can just meet with people, that you can pray with people, that you can share your faith with people, and it's free. It doesn't cost money. All it takes is a little bit of time 
some intentionality and a willingness to open up the Bible and letting the Bible transform someone's life. You see, friend, I enjoy a great church production as much as anybody else. But I'm telling you, the day that I think that simply opening up God's Word and thinking I have to add a bunch of amenities to it to change someone's life, including my own, I've missed the point. 2 Timothy 3.16 states, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The term righteousness is not necessarily popular in our culture right now. Most of the time when you hear it, you hear someone saying that so-and-so is self-righteous, which is a put-down. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that one may boast. That shows that self-righteousness is not the key. Only God makes us right. But when we pursue discipleship and sanctification, we do so out of gratitude and a desire to not boast in our own abilities, but to point to God, to honor God with our actions and our lifestyle, and those actions then point to the transformation that has happened in our life. This is why taking someone through the Bible is so important. If you're willing to open it up and read it with someone and explain it to someone and apply it in your own life and live it in your own life, it can transform you, it can transform your family, it can transform the person who's sitting across the table from you. What would it look like if regular everyday church folks all identified one person to disciple? Friend, I hope that we'll have an amazing missionary work that will reach the nations. I hope that new churches will be planted. I hope that existing churches will continue to thrive. But imagine the movement that would happen if our existing church membership all identified one person to disciple and did that. Without even leaving our church, friend, there are so many people that grow up and they tell us they've been going to church their whole life and they're largely biblically illiterate, that they've been suffering in silence, they do not know the answers, they sometimes doubt what they believe. What would happen if people took those people on, met their spiritual needs, and changed their life? They start simple with their family and their church and first meet those needs and then branch out. We would see more committed people in our churches. We would see people who were more spiritually mature. We'd see churches with better priorities and better willing to sacrifice because they come to that church with a sense of maturity as opposed to entitlement. We would also then see that church grow because those people that were being taken under the wing of their church membership would also be invited to church and be able to come and participate and grow in those activities. But most importantly, friend, I don't want you to miss an opportunity to change a life, to be a friend, to comfort someone, to disciple someone, where it doesn't have to be official, it doesn't have to be fancy, it doesn't have to be expensive. Will you, my friend, find that person to disciple, to open up the Bible, to teach, which allows you to grow and your life and their life to be transformed through the Word of God. Sometimes we make things so much more complicated than they have to be. And next week, we're going to talk about how, with our generational situation, we cannot assume that the trends of the last 30 years are going to sustain or continue. We're going to have to continue to pivot and anticipate new opportunities for spiritual growth 
and new opportunities for missions and for uh, Christian service. So stay tuned as we continue in this series. But my friend, before we go, I would be remiss to say, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, if you've never received that grace, I encourage you to talk to someone about that. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. It's not about making you a better person. It's about bringing a spiritually dead person to life, and I hope that you'll do that. But once maybe you're sitting there and you said, well, Mike, I've been a member of a church and I made that decision, but I've just, I'm stuck and I don't feel like God can use me. I would just like to kindly ask you to reconsider that because I believe that many, many unworthy people have been greatly used by God simply from their availability and their willingness. When people think about being used by God, they often have grandiose ideas of what that looks like. Don't be afraid to start small. If your story is one of pain or poor choices, I recommend you start simple in your discipleship process and move yourself up to set yourself up for success and not failure in Christian leadership. Remember, the first and most important person we can lead is ourself. If there are habits in your life, if there are qualities, if there are concerns that you have in ethically leading people, I encourage you to seek restoration, counseling, get help. Because working on yourself can be a gift not only to yourself, but to others. From there, after that process is complete, you can consider starting small and getting involved. But again, opportunities to serve are there. You just have to approach this in an appropriate manner and be willing to do the work. Nevertheless, if you're willing to be faithful and teachable, God can use you in amazing ways. As we continue on our path, of discipleship on this program. Hope that we can be an encouragement to you to continue to grow so that you can then make a difference in the lives of others. I thank you so much for joining me today, and I'll see you on the next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.